Dogmenters. I'm Julie. And I'm Jimmy. And we know that great leaders have great mentors. Today, we are joined by Cindy Macklis to help you augment your leadership skills. Cindy is a leader, mentor, brand maven, and co-founder CEO of Glue Advertising. With Cindy, we learn how to connect better with others by telling ourselves to stop selling and start listening. Also, you will learn how to grow to your potential by repeating the mantra, you will figure it out. This entire episode is a themed on the Augmenter's principle, explore. So channel your inner Dora the Explorer. And remember that if you start listening, you never know what you will learn. Here we go. Cindy Macklis, thank you so much for joining us on Augmenters today. We are so excited for this conversation. How are you doing today? Great. Nice to be with you, Julie and Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, we are so excited. So Cindy, you and I have had just a few conversations. I was so inspired by what you have built, um, the kind of work that you've done, and to get a chance to get to know you a bit better and be able to tell our listeners about you. We usually ask our guests uh, that a mentor is generally somebody that believes in you before you believe in yourself. So we'd love to hear who that was for you and what they believed in. Well, my experience, it's very visual because I can remember where I was standing and where the person Mm. I was speaking to was sitting. And that is, I had just moved from a consumer packaged goods company to the agency side, and I was working on a prescription drug, positioning it. Before you keep going about the the product, tell me about the room you were in. Okay. What was the light? You know, like, what what do you remember? What was the weather? Like, I, I love, like, visually, like, feeling in the moment with you. Okay. All right, good. So I walked into, it was not my boss. It was my boss's boss's office. Mm. So he had a very big office in those days. I don't think that you count tiles in the same way that it was done then (laughs) to figure out how important someone was, but he had a lot of tiles. And I was standing in the doorway of his office. I wasn't sure if I could really come all the way in. And and he's not an intimidating guy, but he just is a, he's a very impressive person, like not intimidating in his manner, but just impressive. He's sitting in the corner working at his desk and I clearly am interrupting. And so he spins around to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And my question for him was, I had been in market research that day. We're trying to position a product. It's a pharmaceutical product. So I'm new at this. I'm new at the company. I'm new at pharmaceutical marketing. I really don't know the language very well. What I know is consumer packaged goods principles. So I understand how to position things, I think, but I feel very out of my element here. So I explained to him, oh my gosh, we were in market research all day. We tried three or four ideas. Nothing is working. I really don't know what to do. And I feel that the team is depending on us to solve this problem. He looks at me for a moment, considers what I've said and says to me, I'm sure you're going to figure it out. And then he turns back around and goes back to what he was doing. And I don't think, I was not dismissed. I have to tell you, he absolutely listened. He heard me. He understood that I was worried. He understood this was challenging. And the way he said to me, I'm sure you'll figure it out. It was in a cheerleading, confidence-boosting style, 
but still, I wasn't sure if I believed him. But he believed that I was going to do it, and we did do it, and it was a remarkable success. And it was uh, in pharmaceuticals in those days. It was about building blockbuster drugs, drugs that got to a billion dollars, and this drug sure mm-hmm. did, and we turned it around. So that was, he believed in me, and and yeah, being the leader and doing that in an area that I was unfamiliar with was pretty exciting. Cindy, I love that, and when we talked about this the other day, my daughters, who I'm going to make listen to this, are going to laugh, because that is what I always, always say to them. <laughs> When they come to be, uh, even through high school, you know, they come with all of these different things. And I think they expected me to kind of jump in and fix. And I said, you know, you figure it out. I'm excited to hear about how you figured this out. Oh, gosh, I figured it out with the help of a lot of people, honestly. And I think that's the way we often figure stuff out, where you take a few steps forward, get some feedback. And you and in this case, we took something back into market research and it worked much better, and we developed some creative around it, and we were starting to get some momentum, and yeah, and the sales the sales came afterwards, so that's how it worked. It sounds way more successful than a blockbuster video, so. <laughs> that's funny. Yes, unfortunately, my neighborhood was one of the last places that had one of those, and it was miles and miles big, much bigger than that corner office I just told you about. And sadly, when it went out of business, that that location stayed empty for a very long time. And I live on the Upper West Side of New York. We don't like big, empty locations. <laughs> no. You never know I, who's going to take up shop. I can't, exactly. believe, I can't believe Blockbuster in New York City was one of the last ones. I always think about like the one that still exists in Oregon, like the last Blockbuster. Have you heard about that? Well, is is that true? Maybe, maybe the and that's just There's not on my left. radar screen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not lower, on many people's radar screen. <laughs> lower real estate prices, I guess. Cindy, so fast forward, tell us briefly about where you are now. I know that you're a business owner. You've kind of gone from this person in the big corner office telling you to, uh, to figure it out, and, and you have. So share, us, share with us a little bit more about what you're up to now, and then maybe also how mentoring shows up in your world. Well, I left the big conglomerate world about nine years ago and started my own advertising agency. There's an interesting story in that as well. I had two kids in college at the time, and I I had a job that I could have stayed in. No one was telling me to go, and I just decided my mother had Alzheimer's. She had broken her hip. We were dealing with getting her rehabilitation, and there was a lot going on, and I just felt as if time is short. And I always said I was going to start my own business. And now, I mean, the kids are in college. That's certainly not ideal, but oh, well, I'm going to go for it. And one of my children said to me when I I told them both separately, sat them down that I had six weeks with the company, but I didn't tell them until I had two weeks because I was scared to tell my kids. And my youngest one said to me, I'm glad I spoke to him first. He said, Mom, it's about time you're going to do great. And my other I have Oh my god. I know. I my but my other son said to me, "Mom, you're a single mother and you have two kids in college. Who's going to pay the bills?" And that was that was both sides of my brain speaking to me really, 
manifested in my children. Fortunately, my my one son was right that it did go well. I think my other son, he's certainly rooting for me, but was just worried as I was. But I did not want to have to pull my kids out of college. I didn't want them to suffer for the decision that I had made. So failure was just not an option. So how often do you tell your youngest, I love you more, but don't tell your daughter? <laughs> you know what? My oldest hates when I tell that story I just told you. Yeah. We, we he, won't. We'll, we'll only send the podcast to my daughters, not exactly, to your Exactly. He, he doesn't remember and he doesn't want to be held accountable for that. That's so interesting you say that about then like such wonderful feedback and support from your youngest. And actually, as Julie said earlier about like the anti-mentor, it can be very powerful to, you know, hold both the positive and the negative thought, you know, opposing thoughts are usually a sign of intelligence that you can hold both in your brain. But it's so funny that your eldest son doesn't remember that moment, though you do. And and I have a very similar story. When I was running my food business, my best friend and I were in a bar we had been to a million times near where he used to work. And he told me very clearly, you need to shut this thing down. You're just going to lose a lot of money and waste your time. And I was already like halfway in. We need another four years to finally sell. And uh, I remember being very upset. I remember being very motivated afterwards. I'd still think about it and be like, John, I'm going to show you. He doesn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people, honestly, they don't, they're not trying to be negative. I don't think in some, I mean, sometimes they are. Sometimes people are just mean and negative, but, and not rooting for you. But I think in this case, it was a knee jerk emotional reaction that it had that expressed some fear that he had the same. I had that same fear that what have I done? I jumped off a cliff that I didn't have to jump off. I had not ever really thought of myself as owning my own business. My dad did. So Mm -hmm. I had a role model in a way, but he had a, a local retail store. So very, very different. And he never felt like he understood the corporate world. He thought it was wacky in ways that he, yeah, that he, he never expected. Although you get the information through my eyes. So maybe it was just a wacky interpretation. I don't know. But so I did, I had that, you know, as something that I could latch onto. And I certainly did ask him a lot of questions around business management fundamentals that he knew. And he was very helpful with that. And I think too, even as going back to those, to John and to your sons and, you know, that is sometimes the role of a mentor, right? Is to reflect back to you, not just to cheer you on, right? Not just to say, you know, like your first mentor, right? I believe you can do it. It is to say, Hey, this is kind of scary. Or, you know, have you really considered this or considered that? Or this is how I see it, which forces you to say either I agree or I don't agree. So I think having that really honest feedback also from mentors is really, really helpful. And how does mentoring show up for you today uh, in your agency in your role and then in other things that, that you work on? So I think it shows up all the time, actually. I think that it's it's almost every day. A part of it is I have a team that I bounce ideas off of. Many of them worked for me for years and years in earlier jobs that I had. And so I think mentoring kind of goes both ways in that I helped to get them to where they are. To, I mean, they would say to some degree. And I think part of that is, 
I have this, the consumer packaged goods training that I got at Clorox, which was my first job, was absolutely wonderful. And I've tried to make sure that I impart that to others. It's the foundation of everything that we do at Glue, to be quite honest. And then if I am going down a road where I'm using a component of that and it's not clear to a member of the team and they give me feedback and they tell me how they might see it, then that can cause me to kind of look at it differently and make sure that I'm on the right track. So I don't know. Is that mentoring? I don't know. It's certainly constructive feedback. And I think that that then helps to propel you to the next level. So in some ways it is. Is there a certain question or maybe like an approach or a time of day or something or something that you try to seek out to help receive that kind of, you know, accountability mirror feedback from somebody? I am a in the moment person. I I do not schedule things. I I'm respectful of my team not to call them before nine o'clock. We're remote, of course, uh, or we have been for a while. We did have an office and then we gave it up in the pandemic. So it's it's different than being able to go to the office next door. I'm calling people on their cell phone and I want to be respectful, but I am up thinking about things ready to go and I wait until nine oh one to get that feedback. Everybody turns their phone on at nine o'clock. Okay, we're ready. (laughs) Turn it off. It's off. They know that I, the 901 call, they kind of know that I have an idea and I want to see what they think. And I want to kick the tires on it. One, One of my team members will say to me sometimes, I haven't had my coffee yet. Can I call you back in 10 minutes? And you should be like, I'm not paying you for 10 minutes of coffee. It's <laughs> yeah. 8.50. That's so funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, coffee has to happen uh, between 8.30 and 9 o'clock. Because how many yeah. cups of coffee have you had, Cindy, before you have all these ideas? I am a decaf person. That's probably wow. a good thing. It might be scary if I had caffeine, uh, uh, caffeinated coffee. Wow. All that, all those ideas on decaf. That's impressive. That's good marketing well, for decaf. Well, part of it is, I mean, my kids always used to joke that if they gave me a problem to solve, they like to give it to me at nine or 10 o'clock because I would think about it all night and wake up in the morning with an idea for them. Uh, so I do, I, one of my friends is a creative person and she says that she keeps a book by her bed to jot down ideas. So I think it's when you're not trying to think of ideas that the best ideas can come. Sometimes when you're in a brainstorming session, it's almost as if your head hurts, you're trying so hard. I find early in the morning, because I'm just fresh and I, I am getting up and it's a whole new day and a whole new opportunity to do great things, because I really love what I do. I think about it like that. And then I have a Zoom exercise class with my friends every day at 10. And during my Zoom exercise class at 10 o'clock, great ideas happen, thankfully. Because I'm, I'm, I I guess a lot of people when they exercise, they're zoning out, but I'm kind of turning over some things in my head. The other morning, it was early, it was about 5.30 in the morning, I was exercising, my husband was eating breakfast, and I stopped exercising, I came over to him, and I said, I have to talk to you, and he usually listens to headphones, he takes them off, and he's like, what? And I said, do you think there's Legacy.com for dogs? <laughs> he was like, he's like, it's, it's so random in the morning, uh-huh. I don't know, he's yeah, not uh-huh. an entrepreneur. I was like, I just, I think we should look into that. He's like, okay, <laughs> we're back to the exercise. 
That's so funny. Yeah, I love that. Mornings are the time. Mornings yeah. are the time for those ideas. Yeah. I was trying to figure out where glue came from. And- where glue came Glue, we, mm-hmm. when we decided, my business partner and I, that we were going to start an advertising agency, we were desperate to find a name that was short, that could have a meaning that we could support, and also where we could get the dot com. Oh. And uh, at the, I mean, all of you those have things, blue.com? I have we have blueadvertising.com, but okay. still, wow. Because glue.com would again put me down a strange path. Yeah, take yes. you down that that horse <laughs> rabbit hole. I don't know what what kind of hole it is, but a horse hole. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this is devolving. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we need to. Yeah. Move it back on track. But yeah, uh, glue, I would say slogans related to it write itself, brand, making brands that stick, you know, oh, all you kinds yeah. Of, yeah, all kinds of ideas. Oh, yeah. Something else too is my business partner and I have a very big network. And so we are able to, if you need, oh, I don't know, an expert in a certain area, they're not necessarily going to work under the roof of glue, but we can make that connection. Yeah. I'm the rubber, you're the glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Sticks to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that. And Jimmy loves domain names. So you mm-hmm. you just put it right, right to his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cindy, yes. you are a branding expert. You are a, a glue branding guru and you have this incredible background. You've created this incredible company. So congratulations on that. We know what a big deal that is. We need a little mentoring. Okay. Would you be willing to help us? We are our two entrepreneurs with lots of ideas and mm-hmm. uh, Augmenters has been the brand. Jimmy came up with the name. Okay. And we're really focused on augmenting augmenting leadership through mentoring. But but we need we need some help. We need some brand mentoring. Will you help us? Sure. What specific because now, okay, Uh-oh. in making a diagnosis and helping you go to the next level, part of what we have to do first is settle on what is the what do you perceive as the definition of brand? So what are you looking for help with specifically? Ooh, well, we would need another New York City walkabout to talk about branding probably. Julie and I had a big walkabout last Wednesday uh-huh. in a creative session to be figuring out exactly what we are going to be doing with Augmenters other than these delightful discussions. Yeah. And to try to answer your question, I love that you're putting us on the spot. Uh, since Julie hasn't cut me off, it means I'm going to keep going. I would say that branding is our intent for our look, feel, and you know, tactile impression we leave with external individuals, whether that's customers, vendors, et cetera. You know, it's our attempt at consistency and caring. Okay. Okay. All right. So what I like in particular about what you said is you talked about your customers. I think that it's really important. All these concepts live in the minds of the people who you are trying to reach. So you may feel that your brand stands for X, but depending upon how you are conveying it, it could very well be that for someone else it stands for Y. So you want to try to get aligned on that. Branding lives in the minds of your target audience, just like positioning does. Branding is, positioning is typically the meaningful point of difference versus competition. So it's something, it is a way that it's a little more 
it can be emotional, certainly, but I think of it as a little bit more rational than branding. Branding is how what you're doing more emotionally fits into people's lives. It's a higher order idea. Okay. And I know we're talking about Augmenter's branding, but this also makes me think, Cindy, a little bit about what we talked about related to personal branding. Yeah. Um, and that that's something that mentors also help you with is how are you being perceived you may perceive yourself a certain way and you may try to set out sort of your own personal brand, but somebody may be seeing you completely differently. And I think that's something that a mentor can help with. But back to Augmenters, that's really, really helpful because I think we have an idea of what we want people to walk away with, um, which is feeling inspired to mentor Mm -hmm. um, and inspired inspired. to augment their leadership. Yeah, to augment their leadership through connecting better with others. Okay. And by growing to their potential. Okay. So, so those are our two vehicles or channels, uh, w- whatever the fun marketing word is, to impart different pieces, ideas, you know, guides, tactics, emotions to then lead into improving their leadership through mentoring. So I think when I hear all of those ideas that you, you just put out there, I, one of the aspects of branding that people have trouble with, both personally and also companies do as well, is how do you network? How do you find and make the right connections? The fact that we are now more on Zoom than we've ever been, or whatever you want to call the technology we're using, makes it that much harder. Mm. I mean, personal branding side, there's a definition. I think it's been attributed to Jeff Bezos, but it is your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Isn't that interesting? Jimmy, what do you think people say about you when you're not in the room? (laughs) <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think it would vary. I think some people would say I'm like too energetic and too much like a golden retriever at times. And uh, other times I think people would say I'm like too much in the details. Uh, those would be the negative ones. It's always interesting where the brain goes. And I find often it goes to the negative side. My goal would be that I give a shit and I'd like to see others be happy. Cindy, what do you think people say about you when you're not in the room? Well, when I was growing up, I was kind of called the smart girl. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think that when you're a kid, it's not really so good. But when you're an adult, it's the part that I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's the part that gets you out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania to go to the universities that you aspire to go to to get the job that you want. So I've become more okay with that over time. But I also, I think what I've tried to do, certainly in business, if people are going to have an impression of me, I've tried to make it easier for women to be able to have a full career. At four o'clock, I'm out of here. My son has a basketball game and you can reach me later tonight. I'll be back around seven or eight. So I'm, I'm old enough that that was not the way. I think it's more the way now, mm. but I tried very much to be someone who people might say she really cares about her career and she really cares about her, her kids. Yeah, that's a big, big deal, especially as a leader, um, mm-hmm. especially in marketing and, and especially in a service business where you have clients and clients have needs and there's deadlines and, and things like that. It's very tough to make that balance. So that's really inspiring to hear. I think you make that balance by 10 o'clock at night. You go back at it if you have to until whatever time, you know, after everyone's in bed or everything else has been done and you, that's, that's how you handle it. So you still can make the deadline. I, I have tried mostly on the agency side 
to when I can control things to say we'll deliver it Monday because if I have to work over the weekend, I have to work over the weekend. That gives me more flexibility during the week leading up to the weekend to do things for other people if I need to. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. It's tough. It's tough. It's always part of it. But that's part of mentoring too, right? Is also mentoring your team as your leaders start to rise up to also train them on how they handle those boundaries with clients and then with their team too. At least that's something I have feel like I've had a lot of experience with recently. Going back to the Augmenters brand. So that is a really good question to ask ourselves is how we want people to feel about us or how mm-hmm. we want people to, um, to think of us. What other questions are good ones for us to kind of noodle over as you would sort of be mentoring somebody thinking about their brand? So everything is competitive, everything. So your personal brand is competitive versus other people who might be considered for the same opportunity you want. And when it comes to what you're doing here, you're asking people when there's an enormous amount of content to consume yours preferentially. You have to figure out why they would do that. What is going to be the benefit of their setting aside that time? What are you going to give them that they can't get elsewhere? That's probably, that's a marketing 101, and that is the most important question you can answer. And then once you answer that, as I say, branding is a higher order idea, then I think you can determine what that means for how you're going to fit in their lives. But fundamentally, what difference are you going to make in the here and now? What's in it for them? Yeah, what's, always, which is what's, exactly what's, what's, what's in it for them. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's so interesting. A lot of times people think when you have your own business, you're selling. A friend of mine, again, another mentor of mine, I have to say, mm. who had his own business for a very long time before I had mine, what he has always said to me, and it's so true, the minute you hear yourself selling, stop talking and start listening. Because we're not, at Glue, we are not selling anything. And my team knows this from me as well. What we are doing is we are meeting a need. And then once we perceive that we've met that need, we then are always asking, what more can we do? That is a big idea. I had never thought of that. Is as soon as you feel like you're selling, stop and start listening. Yeah, yeah. Wow. When you're, it's, it's, so here's another example of really the same thing. What I really can't stand, and this is, this is a hard thing for many people to move away from, but they are doing a disservice to them and the people who they are engaging with at at that time is when someone goes to a meeting and it's a meeting where they are going to be presenting a piece of information. And they go and nose in whatever the presentation is, not paying attention to the room, not reading the room, not responding to the room. They are, they're not even selling. They're kind of, it's just a monologue is what that is. And without Shakespeare writing it. So it's no, right. Yeah. It's not a monologue at a level that it's going to win anything. True. (laughs) (laughs) And likely, likely no. I know. And I have scared my team before, but if we get into a room and it's not working, I'm ready to throw the whole thing away. And Mm. I am always sensing whether it's working or not. And then if, if we're, if what we're presenting doesn't seem to fit the expectation or the need or whatever it is, we're really good on our feet. So let's talk about what we've missed and let's make sure that no one's time is wasted here. 
Mm, I love that idea to just say, and I really need to do a better job of this, even when teaching, it's just when it falls flat, like, what's missing here? What do you exactly. all need? What's exactly. going on? Yeah, get feedback. You have to get feedback appropriately. I remember, oh my God, this was such a bad day. We had developed an agency pitch presentation and we walk into the room and the person who I was working with who had gotten the lead for us, she was a former client. So she wasn't used to doing agency pitches. So she opens the meeting by saying to the room, so what we want to know is what keeps you up at night? And I'm thinking, that's the kind of question we were supposed to ask two weeks ago because we're supposed to be coming in today having solved that. Mm. And everyone in the room looked at her like she had 10 heads. And so there's a time and a place for asking. So what did you do? What did you do? I'm dying to hear. It was a very difficult situation because she had the relationship and I did not. So I didn't want to seem as if I was stepping on her toes. But Mm, I think I said something like when there was absolute silence and no one was talking, why don't we show you some of our ideas? Because we think we have. And a, you're just praying yeah, that, that whatever is keeping okay. them up at night is what's yeah, in your desk. We think we, we have a sense of that. And then if we haven't nailed it, we want to hear from you what's missing. So try to take a pause, reorient. We're going to do what the obligation and expectation is here. And that is we're going to show you some things because they're waiting to be wowed. And we had to do a little bit of that before we had permission to ask that kind of a question. Well, and that brings up a lot of pivoting, right? That I think has to happen, especially especially in the agency world, right? You don't always know how things are going to you know, you come into a meeting that you think these people are going to be there and then there's a whole nother group of people there and you think they're all aligned on the goal of why they brought you in and then you suddenly realize that they're probably not. Um, and that makes me think a bit about mentoring, right? And as oh. you're as you're working with people, you know, you kind of have an idea of what they must be asking you for. Right. Go ahead. Well, Julie, I, I got to stop you because this comes to like one of our fundamental stories that we discuss about mentoring and how it needs to evolve. And that's one of our seminal moments for starting the podcast, which was both Julie and I early in our careers, our short careers, not as entrepreneurs, where we had the, okay, you have a mentor at work. You're going to go get lunch once a week or once a month. And you know, the food is bad and the conversation's worse. And how amazing would it have been if the person in power in those meetings had said, this is a little awkward. What's not working? How are you feeling? Well, right. That's so true. That's so true. People, for whatever reason, asking for that kind of feedback is perceived to be a tough conversation. And I'm not sure why. I Because I think it's opening up the opportunity to have an authentic conversation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm even imagining in some of these mentoring conversations, especially, I don't know if you found this, Cindy, you know, people will come kind of asking me for advice or they ask a question and I'm answering a question. I can see they're looking at me like, that's not at all what I'm talking about. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, and then I just keep talking because mm-hmm. I just keep talking and I keep talking more. And then suddenly I'm like this, right. And then kind of, how do you have that pause and say, Hey, what, what, you know, what else, like, how, how can I, am I being helpful? Is this helpful? Is this what you're really asking me? And mm-hmm. kind of even taking the onus a bit on the mentor to kind of ask those questions. Um, yeah, a bit. I agree. I think it's kind of what I touched on a little bit earlier. I think mentoring absolutely goes both ways. I think that mm. this is the reason why Odd I like, mentoring. 
augment. There you go. But I like the work that I do at the Polsky Center with startups because while I theoretically have this title of being the mentor and I am bringing them along and getting them ready for a competition, they are teaching me so much about what is the latest in an industry or a technology or the information that they have about what consumers are looking for Mm -hmm. because they've done research in order to develop their products. So I learn an enormous amount of trends and needs that then, frankly, I can take right back and apply to my business. There's also some non-business learnings, but about yourself. I just got off a call before this with a team I've been mentoring for the last, or a business. I mean, they have over six figures of revenue for the last few months every Friday. And they were down to their last investor. It was the perfect group. You know, the group only did what they do, you know, very specific, like, you know, sustainability piece. And what's the email I got yesterday? Investor backed out of cash, but would happy to provide support. We have to pivot. We're laying off people X, Y, Z. And I remember when that happened to me. And so we were just talking about emotions and feelings today on our call. And I was like, I hope you find some time this weekend to not just work your ass off because that's what I would have done. And that wasn't good for me at that time. And uh, this young person looked at me and was just like, oh, yeah, I already got a shrooms day planned this weekend. I'm good. Yeah, I know. I'll take (laughs) care of myself. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're ready to go. I was like, wow, that to me was progress. And I was like happy that in some ways the younger generation, this this young lady's in her mid-20s, was like ready to be like, I'm going to find my new creative outlet. We're going to get through this. I already have a plan for myself. I'm going to make a plan for the team. Well, so to that point, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's also involved in startups, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the components of what makes for a successful startup founder, Mm. and I said to her, tenacity. Part of the reason is I'm involved in a startup right now. In addition to what I do at Glue, I'm a chief marketing officer of a SaaS technology company, and it we're selling to big, bigger, you know, large organizations. It takes so long to find the right person who then is going to push it through the organization and for that big organization to commit. And you have to, you can't get frustrated. You can't get, I mean, you can't, obviously you can get frustrated. You can feel down, but you have to be able to bounce back. And in the current environment with money being as tight as it is, that tenacity and, and talk about believing in yourself. Those startup founders have to really believe in themselves and their ideas in order to be successful or really good ideas are not going to happen. Totally. Totally. I would love to, Cindy, as part of our uh, ending of our discussion today, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. We have a rapid fire word association I'd like to get into. I got four words for you. Okay. okay? I'm Uh putting you back on the spot. All right. But but first, I was doing some quick research during uh, our call. Uh, and I have, I have one question at the end for you too. It's more open-ended, but some of my quick research was gluedog.com is taken. I'm sorry, but Gluey, <laughs> which G- one is yeah. Gluey, G-L-O-O-X-I-E, Gluey, uh, .com is available. So just how cute. Yeah, It's mean, <laughs> actually uh, like Glushy, uh, and that uh-huh. could be your Chinese, um, you know, what your Chinese offshoot. It sounds like my you open an office in China. My third dog. So I have Bean and Sprout, 
and then I can have glugy, glugy, glugy. Yeah. Yeah. Come here, yeah. glugy. <laughs> uh, so rapid fire word association. When I say the word mentor, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Alan, because he was the person in the room who turned around and told me to figure it out. I love We've it. We've never gotten that answer. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, not Alan, but a name. I mean, obviously, yeah. it'd be really great if it's somebody else had actually <laughs> said Alan. That particular so person, times. yes. <laughs> he mentored a lot of people, not just me. So there might be many people who might give you that who I know. That's, That's so awesome. Funny. How about the word mentee? Clorox, because it was Clorox was the place that I started my career. That is a company that is very much devoted to that in a really good way. They have a, you come in as a brand assistant in a class and I was a mentee and, but I was other people who were in that group with me were mentees as well. Kind of everyone is, is uh, in that position. How about rapid fire on the word sponsor? Funding. Funding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Lastly, coach. Jim. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Thank you for that. And then the question I have to ask, being from Boston, I see that you are a terrier with a dual degree. How has a degree in journalism affected your ability to listen to others when you're in communication? Honestly, I am so glad that I have that as my background. It's not only listening and a big part of what back to don't sell, listen. So as far as that aspect of glue, but also getting insights from the target audience. So listening to what it is they really need and want, but also my journalism degree has helped to make my writing succinct. Ooh. And that is also very, very useful. It's become more and more useful over time. No one wants to read a long email. No one wants to read a long anything. They don't want to hear a monologue and they don't want a lot of copy. No, they want, keep it to the point. they want something that's really relevant. So that's back to listening. They want you to solve a problem and they want you to solve it in a way that is really clear how you're going to do it. And same thing that I say to the startups that I work with, exact same thing. And that's helpful for us too. It's very helpful. Uh, I just finished the book, uh, Smart Brevity by the founders of Politico and Axios. Oh, Uh, uh uh-huh. I I think you would be just nodding your head along as also a a journalist. I'm going to read that. That sounds really interesting. Thank you. Cindy, this has been a treat. Thank you so much. Well, I got to be honest, Jimmy. I mean, when I first met Cindy and she told me the story of her first mentor and walking to that office and him turning around and saying, I'm sure you'll figure it out. I just had chills because I feel that that is a phrase I use a lot in my leadership. I really Mm -hmm. try to hire great people that are incredible and amazing and that they will figure it out. And my job is to just be their cheerleaders and support them in doing that. So I, I loved hearing that and to see this amazing organization that she's built really on that principle, um, herself is, is empowering others to, to figure it out. It's fantastic. If all your people are the glue, you can just be the rubber. So whatever you say sticks off me and no bounces. Oh, never mind. It's close enough. Everybody knows what I'm saying. If you've been on a schoolyard long enough back in the day, it's really funny how Cindy, you and myself, Julie, 
all have that phrase of we'll figure it out run through us. My mother still gives me a hard time that whenever, you know, I'm talking about something, she'll like cut me off and be like, Jimmy, you always tell me to figure it out. Why are we talking about this? I'm like, Oh, thanks ma. I guess that's support. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Well, and you have to be careful with that. Right. I mean, that's a partially the part of a mentor is providing you with like those questions and the feedback and a lot of things that we talk about. So if the answer was always, you'll figure it out, then I think it would be hard to have those kind of relationships. But I think it's knowing in that moment, you know, your mom thinks you know what you're doing. God bless her, Mrs. Edgerton. <laughs> I just post Mother's Day. But yeah, I think it's like it's that belief in, in you and allowing you to have the opportunity to figure it out for yourself. But there's a lot behind that simple phrase that you'll figure it out. It shows a lot of support. It shows a level of empathy that you know you're going through something. It shows confidence in your smarts and your capabilities. It also is not a doors closed, don't come back in. All right. And honestly, like I, the reason why I got such goosebumps is I have always had that as my parenting mantra, which I mentioned. And I feel incredibly grateful. I'm not trying to flex. I'm not trying to back brag, but my daughters are incredible independent. One of them is in Slovenia, just like tootling around totally independently. The other one is an athlete and doing all of these incredible things. And one thing that they always reflect back to me that they appreciated was that I was not a helicopter parent. And I always had faith that they would figure things out. And I would tell them you'll figure it out. And so I, you know, and it's interesting, Jimmy, as a parent of a young child, one day you actually get a report card back. You get a report card, yeah. your kids give you a report card and they tell you how you did. I'll just never teach Fiona how to write so she can't give me a report card. She'll only be audible. Audible. You will probably get that on your report card that you should not have done that. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think even in mentoring relationships, sometimes that is actually the best phrase instead of trying to solve the problem or trying to give a million suggestions or asking a million questions. That could really be the phrase that, that sticks. So I think Cindy brought that to us in a way that was really surprising. I hope Cindy's okay with how glommed on we are to this particular phrase. I don't know how we, she couldn't be. I, I, I think it's such a wonderful way to be supportive without being dismissive. And uh, it was also pretty powerful that when we went through a rapid fire word associations that you just heard, when I said mentor, she said her mentor's name back. And that was the first time in all of our rapid fire word associations that the actual person came back and not a set of words or something else. So Cindy is a, Cindy is a branding queen. She knew just like, call it like it is. That's the name. It's the guy. Call it like we, it. we could, I think we could learn a lot from her. I think we were getting somewhere, but uh, I loved when she dove into the branding piece as well. And I think that was really special that she brought to us. And the reminder, like, what do you stand for? What do people believe about your brand? But also what do people believe about you? Certainly as if you are looking to create your own personal brand, which is quite important these days. Yeah. And the highlight of how important it is to develop those relationships digitally now, because when you do look for a mentor, when you do look for some more involved relationship down the road, it's not something that you can just snap your fingers and have occur. It's going to it's gonna take a little bit of time to build. Yeah, absolutely. And I am very excited to keep track of Cindy and her organization as it grows. Sounds like she's got some phenomenal people working on some really cool stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it was a great time with Cindy and I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for what's next. 
Augmenters out. Augmenters out. Wow, you've made it this far, and we thank you. Hopefully, you enjoyed our episode and discovered new ways to bring more authentic connection into your mentoring relationships. Want to tell them more, Jimmy? Be an Augmenter with us. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about. Like and subscribe. And yes, really, you following our show and writing a review, it's a big deal. Your actions provide us with the resources to continue our undefeated, unencumbered, prize-winning productions. We welcome questions and suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or on social with our handle at augmentershq. We are most active and available on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out an earnest thank you to our intrepid producer, Erlen Cato. We appreciate you. Augmenters out. See ya. Mm-hmm.